0: Forensic investigations to miscarriages of justice, What's the Story Crime is the home for all true crime fans who want bingeable, addictive, crime-based content.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you
0: The Missing is produced by What's the Story Sounds. They also make lots of other great content, which I think you might like. Why not sign up for What's the Story Crime? On there, you'll find series, including The Missing, completely ad free, as well as bonus content and even entire series you can't hear elsewhere. Signing up is super easy. Just search for What's the Story Crime in Apple Podcasts or follow the link in our show notes to get access on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. All the information is also available on www.whatsthestorysounds.com forward slash crime. Living in a big city can make you feel small, like you're just a moment away from being swallowed up by the size, noise, and sheer pace of it all. It's easy to feel isolated, despite being surrounded by millions of people, to lose your sense of community and perhaps yourself. Community was important to Svetla Czar Yotov, who lived in Angel in central London. To the 30-year-old aspiring culinary entrepreneur, his personal relationships were the most valuable thing in his life. You could see it in the way he interacted with his flatmates, whom he loved to cook for, and in every text, phone call, and encounter with his family. So in October 2021, when Svetlazar's mother, Tinka, had not heard from her son in 48 hours, she immediately knew that something was wrong. He wasn't answering his phone, and a visit to his flat revealed he hadn't been home for days. Svetlazar had people who depended on him, people who loved him, and he would never dream of upping and vanishing without a word. It simply wasn't in his nature. Over two years later, and his family still have no idea where he could be. To all intents and purposes, Svetlazar has been swallowed up by the city. So what really happened to Svetlazar? And could the answers still be out there? I'm Pandora Sykes, and you're listening to The Missing, a What's the Story original podcast series, brought to you with the help of the charity's Missing People and Locate International. They believe that all of the cases in this series could still be solved. This is The Missing. Svetlazar Yotov.
2: My cousin was born in 1991. He is a summer baby as well. He's uh, five years older than me.
0: That's the voice of Yassin, Svetlazar's cousin.
2: So he was actually born in Varna, uh, which is in Bulgaria. And uh, a lot of people know Varna uh, since it's a popular um, tourist destination, uh, Golden Sands, I believe.
0: When Svetlazar was still very young, his mother moved from Bulgaria to the UK. Svetlazar remained in Varna.
2: And he pretty much spent the majority of his adolescence in Bulgaria.
0: Svetlazar was an exceptional student.
2: In Bulgaria, we have this thing where if you do really well at school, they end up actually paying you to study. Um, and yeah, he, he just he achieved top grades in all his classes, so he was kind of sponsored in that sense. But yeah, he lived with his dad and, and, and my grandma um, in quite a, quite a tiny little flat um, and eventually ended up moving to the UK simply because in Bulgaria, there are not that many opportunities for people to develop. So I think he he came over to us, um, to me, my mum, to kind of experience life in in the UK a little bit, um, in a a supportive environment.
0: Yasin has fond recollections of time spent with his cousin during their younger years.
2: I do remember one memory that we always laughed about in the sense that um, when I was a baby and my my cousin was, um, we were playing together and he... um, I threw some pepper in his eyes or something like that <laughs> and, and so he started crying and he said and I, and I started laughing and he said why are you laughing and, I, and, and, um, and I, said, I said it's funny and he said well how about you try and see how it's not funny so I, I ended up putting pepper in my own eyes and that wasn't great but um, yeah we always laugh about that moment.
0: He and Svetlazar bonded over their shared love of video games.
2: He loved gaming um, and he had a PC and he just showed me around like you know these are the games I'm playing right now and I just really loved it and, I'm passionate about gaming. I've played games all my life ever since I was a kid, and I would kind of have him to thank for that, really. Um, so yeah, he's the one who introduced me. But he spent some time in my household. I would say like a, a good three, four months over summer, um, and all we did pretty much was just game. Uh, I remember it was the best, it was some of the best time of my life because, you know, it felt like having an older brother. And I and my cousin's kind of really the only close family member I say that I had in terms of that sense because I'm quite disconnected from um, my my father's side of the family.
0: Svetlazar made the move to London when he was 15. Over the years, Svetlazar and Yasin had become close and he eventually became like a second son to Yasin's mother, Tanya.
2: My mum really loves Svetlo, she really does. She actually eventually ended up getting his name tattooed on her uh, following his disappearance. Yeah, so we've we've always had that connection in in that sense. My mum's always really appreciated him.
0: Svetlazar went on to study herbal medicine at the University of Westminster.
2: I think that was something that he was passionate about his whole life. Um, my grandma is very, very old. She's uh, in her mid-80s, and um, she's not the easiest person to be around, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so growing up with her, he did get a lot of um, her opinions, as in he, he she would always constantly say, you need to become a doctor, you need to become a doctor. But, you know, in a sense, he kind of took a twist on that and uh, decided to study herbal medicine, which is... Um, an alternative path I would say um, and yeah he really he really did enjoy it. he ended up actually helping um, I, I, I think he he didn't actually end up finish finishing um, the course there but he did end up helping his professor in, in a few research projects at, from time to time at the university
0: Svetlazar was always willing to take the road less travelled
2: I think Svetlo is one of those people that is adventurous he's Explorative, in the sense that he's he's willing to kind of um, step out of his comfort zone. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a daredevil or anything like that. He, you know, he's he's very much measured in his approach, but he's not afraid to go and experience the world. He was he's just he's a positive, upbeat guy. You know, and uh, and, and and he has a lot of friends um, who, who can testify to that too.
0: Svetlazar's living situation was a slightly unusual one. His building was in an affluent area of central London called Angel, and it was actually a former bank. The firm responsible for it let out space in empty commercial properties to individual renters in order to prevent people from squatting in them.
2: It provided affordable, let's say, cheap accommodation due to the circumstances of the building. Um, There were quite a lot of people living there, as far as I'm aware, um, and the rooms were very small.
0: That didn't matter to Svetlazar. He was happy there and got on well with the other tenants, many of whom were creative types. Svetlazar was a dab hand in the kitchen and loved connecting with people through food. He regularly made bread from scratch, which he'd share with his flatmates, and his kitchen was always stocked with ingredients to make fresh hummus. He worked hard, picking up shifts in a sushi restaurant, and he'd previously bartended and worked in coffee shops. Svetlazar dreamt of one day turning his passion for cooking into a business of his own. A sandwich delivery service, or a food truck perhaps. He discussed his plans with Yasin, who thought, not only is that a great idea, but I'd love to be involved.
2: Uh, we even considered um, whether we'd sell ice cream or not, um, where, where it would be, what kind of licensing we would need. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think I even worked on some um, documents with him in, in a sense of like business plans and all that, um, that, you know, my mum put us together on, to do. Um, my mum was very business minded, She's a really good entrepreneur.
0: Family mattered a great deal to Lazar. He was extremely close to his mother and his much younger half brother Emilio.
2: Emilio must have been I would say around 11 when he disappeared I believe he's, he's 13 now. Uh, Svetlana really did take care of him. He loved spending time with his with his brother and he took him to school, picked him up from school. He took on a lot of a lot of responsibilities as well, which was really nice to see um and his and his little bro- brother really loved him. It's been very difficult for Emilio to kind of, yeah, to take it on on board that suddenly, you know, Svetlo's just not not there anymore. And and to be honest, even with my little sister, so my little sister's 16 years younger than me, so she's just turned 11. And anytime he'd come around to see my mom and I and my little sister, he'd, he'd, he'd spend a lot of time playing with my little sister too. I think he just had that energy. I think he really liked children in the sense that, you know, he, he had that kind of heart. I know some people find kids annoying and uh, they don't really necessarily like to engage with them or play with them, but I do think the, the, the more mature you get, you, you tend to also grow out of that a little bit. And I could see definitely that um, that my cousin Svetlal was, was at that point where he really loved spending time with um, with kids and just paid them a lot of attention and, and the care that they kind of need.
0: He was also unfailingly generous.
2: I was streaming and coaching and he... He was really happy to see that. He would he would visit my streams quite often when I would be streaming, and he he noticed that I didn't have a proper mic, and he he actually just kind of like donated um, a microphone to me, uh, quite a nice microphone actually, which I continued to use for the rest of my time. His accommodation was it was it was the most affordable type of accommodation. Let's just put it that way. Um, so for him to to donate the microphone i i felt it wasn't it wasn't something that comes easy to some people to just you know to give when they don't necessarily have too much which was really nice and and i had kind of seen him pr- nearer to the time showed him the setup and said you know like thank you so much and he yeah he was just very happy about it i would say it was probably maybe just a few weeks before he disappeared i still remember like hugging him goodbye he wasn't materialistic he you know he definitely valued fulfillment and and joy and happiness a lot more and it didn't for him it didn't at least to my awareness it didn't stem from material gain or yeah maybe the more traditional or at least socially accepted norms let's say
0: Svetlazar's family first became concerned about his welfare on Saturday the 9th of October 2021
2: you know, he had seen his mum, I would say two days before and he he's the kind of guy to call regularly to kind of check up on his mum and as I said, he had responsibilities that he took on for his little brother. So he wasn't someone that would just go incognito and, and, and wouldn't reach out and call.
0: Yasin's mum told him that she was worried about his cousin.
2: I'm quite a relaxed guy, um, I'll be honest. Uh, I was thinking that is strange. but. You know, maybe, maybe he's, maybe something's happened to his phone. I don't know. But we did start getting worried when we were looking at his WhatsApp and we were seeing that he hadn't come online. So yeah, we started getting more and more worried to the point where on the 14th, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to call the police now and file, file a report. And that's how, that's kind of how it unfolded initially.
0: For Yasin, the whole situation felt odd and surreal.
2: I had never done anything like this before, and so when I called up, I wasn't sure what I was going to expect.
0: And his first contact with the authorities did not go the way he expected.
2: I did call up, and the PC who spoke to me said, "I don't know why you're calling up. Uh, you know, he's he's a 30-year-old man. You know, he he's probably just off somewhere. I'm not exaggerating." Honestly, I'm not. That's that was the response, and um, my girlfriend was next to me at the time, listening in on the conversation, and she was quite shocked. As I said, I'm quite calm. I didn't want to get angry over the phone, but I did explain calmly that I do understand that he is a 30-year-old adult, and that potentially he's decided to spend some time missing. But it wasn't common for him to do that. In fact, he had never done that before. And we had good reason to believe that this is extremely unusual behaviour.
0: Shortly after Yasin reported his cousin missing, Svetlazar's mother paid a visit to his building, hoping that if she could get into his room, it might reveal some clues to his whereabouts.
2: And... She was met, I believe, by one of Svetlo's housemates, who questioned her, which is fair enough. Uh, you, you don't necessarily know this person. He questioned her on her relationship uh, with Svetlo, and she said, "I'm his mom. Um, he's he's been missing, so I'd like to come in and see uh, his room." And eventually, she did gain access um, to his room. At that point, we we saw that he had left his flat with, without his wallet, without any documents, his laptop was still on the bed. His bed was left unmade, you know, it it wasn't as though he had set himself to leave for a, for a lengthy period or anything like that. You know, it was just another morning and he had left with his trainers, his jacket and his, um, well, obviously the clothes on his back and, um, and his phone. And that was it. No money, no luggage, uh, no no other tech, no no ID, no passport, nothing. So yeah.
0: Svetlazar's family hoped that they would find a schedule or a planner of some sort, anything that could tell them where he might have gone.
2: He had like this blackboard on his um, in his room where he had like it's like a bit like a to do list or like a a mood board, let's say. There was nothing unusual on there. He kind of had, like, a to-do list of, like, things that he needed to do today, tomorrow.
0: They also found his laptop.
2: And we did try and crack into it, let's say. You know, like the hackers that we are. No. But um, it was impossible. When you don't know someone's password, obviously security systems are pretty tight. We didn't necessarily take it to someone who could try and hack into it. I, th- I don't think we did anyway. We, we probably thought about doing it and we kind of wanted to try and do that prior to handing it over to the police I think because we wanted to see whether or not we could gather any information for ourselves Uh, once it's with the police although they do their own thing um, it does leave us in the dark which is kind of how we felt throughout the whole process so we wanted to take a personal approach to it and see whether or not we could access it and yeah kind of shed some light initially for ourselves but we, we just didn't manage to
0: One of the last people to cross paths with Svetlazar was a man named Vitaly, a close friend of his.
2: He had seen Svetla the night before, actually spent the day with him. And then, as far as I'm aware, they ended up having a takeaway the night before um, and watching a movie, just, you know, as friends chilling.
0: Vitaly was asked if he had noticed anything off about Svetlazar that day. Was there anything about his demeanor which suggested he wasn't his usual happy self?
2: Because the question does pop up, like, you know, how was Svetlo feeling? Um, Did he express any concern to you? These kind of questions, right? And Vitaly said that he appeared to be as normal as as ever. It wasn't like he expressed any concern. He didn't... It wasn't like he was suffering with anything like that.
0: Svetlazar's family also learned that he had been seen the following morning, a Saturday.
2: Cameron, one of his... um, housemates, flatmates, did tell us that he had seen Svetlo in the morning and that he had complained about maybe a minor headache or something along those lines and that he had popped out to get some air, uh, potentially going for a walk or for a jog.
0: Yasin thinks it's far more likely that his cousin was heading out for a walk than a run.
2: He, he wasn't necessarily jogging a lot at the time. So it wasn't like a routine thing. And I also think that if he had gone for a jog, he would probably have made his bed and, and taken running shoes. I don't think that he had necessarily taken running shoes and he had taken a thicker coat and it appeared as though he had taken his, his daily tasks coat, let's say, or just like I'm going to pop out and go for a walk kind of coat. So that's why I believe it was probably a walk. And if you're feeling, if I mean, at least anyway, if you're if you're necessarily feeling too great. I mean, if you have a headache, I don't think necessarily running is the best thing that you want to do. But that's just my own speculation there.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which them.
0: Not content to just sit and wait, Yasin decided to post about Svetlazar's disappearance on Reddit, an online discussion board.
2: There is a photo out there of it, um, which is a photo of him the day before he disappeared, which Vitali took of him um, just as a passing photo, I believe. And I believe I've posted it on Reddit, the post that I initially made in regards to his disappearance, where I kind of called out for help um, and I posted that on the Reddit Islington page, and it did get quite a lot of um, upvotes, which was really, really helpful. And so it was fairly, there, there was some quite exposure. So that there's a, it was a blue jacket. I believe that's the jacket he took with him.
0: All calls made to Svetlazar's phone on the Saturday and Sunday had gone unanswered, and by Monday it had been switched off entirely the family couldn't stop thinking about where Svetlizar may have gone on his walk that day.
2: I do think that he did frequently walk uh, along the canals. Oh, it is a nice place to go for a walk. But it's also fairly, I wouldn't say dangerous, but there's, theres it's a hazard, right? It can be a hazard.
0: Yasin told the police that his cousin may have been walking the canals of Islington when he went missing, hoping that they might send a search team out to look for him. But Yasin's request fell on deaf ears.
2: They went on to say that it was it's too expensive. There's too many resources to send a, a scuba team down there without having conclusive evidence that he'll be there. So, you know, in my mind, I would I, I haven't I haven't ruled out that he had gone to the canals and potentially something happened to him there.
0: In cases like this, the police will always ask a missing person's loved ones if they've ever engaged in any criminal activity or rubbed shoulders with people who might be capable of causing them harm. As far as Yasin was concerned, the idea that his cousin had gotten caught up in something illicit felt incredibly unlikely.
2: My cousin was squeaky clean. He's just not the kind of guy to get involved in that stuff. Um, as I said to you, he wasn't the, the one to um, focus on material gain. Um, oftentimes people are attracted to crime for the reward that it presents to you. Obviously there's a high risk involved. I wouldn't call my cousin a risk taker either. I wouldn't say that he was someone who would take risks for the hell of it. As I said earlier, he's not, he's not a daredevil or anything like that. He's, as I said, again, he's quite measured in his approach. So it it's not, you know, a lot of people do a good job at hiding things, but I would be extremely surprised if my cousin had even ever, I mean, I'm going to say even had a speeding ticket. He, he didn't drive. But yeah, that, in that sense, that's, the, that's the, my mindset on it.
0: If only Svetlazar's family could figure out what was going on in his head in the days leading up to his disappearance, then perhaps they could better direct the police's search efforts. There was one clue recovered from Svetlazar's room that offered them something to go on.
2: There was a card for a psychologist in his wallet. Now, my partner, she's a psychologist, she's a therapist, and I know from her that, obviously, and and I'm also planning to become a lawyer, I I follow regulation, the GDPR does not allow you to disclose personal information. I actually called the police at the time, which was close close to the time, because it was still active, um, and I said, I found this card in his wallet. Now, this might be a card that he's just randomly picked up. We, we, we do that sometimes. But I said, you know, why don't you call this psychologist and ask her for more details uh, on Svetlo? She might know, she might not know. But if I had called her up, she would have said, I'm sorry, even if Svetlo was someone who was seeing me, I cannot disclose that information with you, right? Because... Firstly, I don't know who you are, and even if you are saying, even if what you're saying is true, she would have obligations not to disclose that with me. Whether or not the police ever did that, I still don't know. They never told me whether or not they did that. I highly doubt that they did, uh, simply because I did not get any information regarding a lot of the things that were up in the air at the time.
0: Svetlana had no history of mental illness, he had never disappeared. For any stretch of time without explanation,
2: it wasn't like he had any partner issues either. No, no girl troubles, as as, as the boys say. I know that he had seen people in the past. Like he had some relationships. Um, I think in the most recent one he had, um, you know, he had broken up at that time. And I think actually later on down the line, one of his ex girlfriends had uh, kind of got in touch with me to to say, you know, like, I heard about this, like, you know, I hope you guys are OK, let me know if I can do anything.
0: With their leads exhausted, Yasin and the rest of Svetlazar's family and friends could do little else other than try and get the press interested in his case.
2: The media picked up quite quickly because uh, of the post I had made on Reddit. I did receive uh, a few messages on there um, saying, you know, we Let's put it up, let's put it up on the on on our local channels, and thankfully we did re, we did receive a few people messaging and saying let let's help let's help out here. It wasn't on like massive news channels, but they, they were on fairly big um fairly big platforms that 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 helped the exposure.
0: There are over one hundred thousand missing person reports in London every year ninety nine percent of people are found within a week. But very sadly, in Svetlazar's case, that first week came and went with no resolution. And as the months went on, the police diverted their attention elsewhere. Before long, a whole year had gone by with no sign of Svetlazar and no clues as to where he had gone. But then something happened which gave Yassin a glimmer of hope. Someone got in touch with Svetlazar's family, someone who believed that they had seen him alive and well.
2: That sighting was related to someone my auntie knows. No, I wouldn't say a close friend, but someone she knew uh, who was aware of Svetlazar's disappearance. And she was shopping at Westfield and said, you know, I think I, I saw him. Um, she described the time and place she saw him. And my auntie then relayed that information to me and said, please, could you contact the police and um, and just let them know that, um, you know, that sighting has happened. And I did contact them and I said, uh, potentially, he's been seen. Could you pass this information on uh, to whoever's investigating the case?
0: Sadly, nothing came of it.
2: I've had people come up to me on the street and on nights out um saying how are you doing long time no see you know how are you and I've never met these people before <laughs> so it's easy to mistake people for someone else especially given settlers features he, he had dark straight, straight dark hair uh fair skin you know he was of an average height average build so you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here thinking, yeah, that was definitely him. And, you know, but I am sitting here thinking, even if it was a possibility, and if, if, if this case uh, was somewhat important to anyone, then that would be checked over.
0: Svet Lazar has now been missing for over two years. The more time that elapses, the more Yasin is forced to wrestle with his own thoughts about what happened to his cousin.
2: I like to be objective. I like to look at both sides of arguments and make a a, a rational, reasonable conclusion. I don't like the outcome which I reach, uh, which is that I genuinely believe that he's come to serious, probably grievous harm. The reason why I've come to that conclusion uh, is that svetlo you wouldn't just up and leave like that i get it if you've potentially had a a history or if there was some motivating factor it's almost like just being abducted i don't know how to explain it to you it's like it's like the sky opened up and he just and he was just taken because it, it 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 just it it's so irrational to think anything else as in he wouldn't have just randomly gone into the woods and like just lived a you know a hermit's life or something like that. I'm sorry that I'm saying it like this, but what I can believe is that he's come to harm, and as a result of that harm, he's now missing, or he he has passed away.
0: Svetlazar's family, dissatisfied with the level of attention that his case was afforded, felt they had no other choice than to make their feelings known to the authorities.
2: My mom asked me to. Um, write um, a formal complaint and as the as the representative of our family let's say I wrote that formal complaint saying uh, and it was towards the chief constable in Holborn the the department dealing with Svetlis, uh investigation and we just said the case has been handled really slowly we have been in the dark we don't believe that his cases um, enough resources are being put into his case and We'd like to know whether or not there's anything actually being done and whether or not you can kind of uh, help us out in that sense. We didn't receive any reply for that letter.
0: So Svet Lazar's family went to the police station to express their concerns in person.
2: So then my mum and auntie went into the department and spoke with a, an invest- investigator who said to them... I'll be honest with you, I'm actually about to leave this department and I've been working on Svetlus' case. And he, sh- he shared some light that we had heard from the police on. He said that they had actually been able to identify the gentleman who was in current possession of Svetló's phone. They said that this is a gentleman who frequents the canals and he's also a known offender. He's got a criminal record.
0: This floored them. They couldn't understand why this was the first time they were hearing about this.
2: Obviously, the question was then, why aren't you interviewing him? Why aren't you, you know, checking to see why he has Fedor's phone? And the answer was that the police wouldn't do that because they don't have any conclusive evidence to suggest that um, he had taken it from Svetlo. He may have found it on the ground. Svetlo may have given it to him. He may have bought it from someone.
0: Yasin found this response difficult to swallow.
2: To me, that's absurd. And I think to anyone with some kind of uh, logical reasoning, this is absurd. I think just interview him. Interview him. He's clearly... He's, he's He's got an item which is which is related to someone who's gone missing. Even if he says, I just found it on the ground then at least he said I found it on the ground. And you can come to your own conclusions after interviewing him. It's, it's different when you speak to someone. But they, didn't, they never did that. They never interviewed him. And we were never actually supposed to be privy to that information. So I think that is also noteworthy. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But it's just crazy to me that... If my mum and auntie hadn't gone into, into the department and, and, if, and if the investigator hadn't had the kindness of his heart to actually share that information with my family, then we would never have been privy to that information. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know any better. And I find that absolutely outrageous. He also added that if my cousin was a British citizen rather than uh, a European national, that his case would have been handled with more urgency.
0: All in all the police spoke to just two people in relation to Svetlazar's disappearance, his mother and his friend Vitaly. One person the family felt might be able to help was Svetlazar's professor. Svetlazar had left university, but to their knowledge, he was still occasionally doing work for him. Perhaps the professor might know something the rest of them didn't.
2: But his professor was shocked uh, to hear that he was missing, and he hadn't worked with him for several months by that point. And he really was very worried. He actually um, put up flyers in his local area to kind of campaign and say, you know, he's, he's missing. So he hadn't seen him. That was it.
0: Yasin thinks about his cousin often. For the most part, he puts a brave face on things. But every once in a while the emotion and anxiety he keeps contained spill out.
2: I was contacted by a reporter who wanted to do a report on Settler's case following his one-year anniversary on the disappearance. I think it was the Islington Gazette. And I spoke with her on the phone for a good 45 minutes. And I I, I basically ran through with her um, everything that had happened and so on. And I I think at the end I I kind of had to apologize a little bit to her only because I, I spoke quite passionately about it and it invoked quite a lot of emotions in me when I was speaking about it. And obviously she said, no, no, no need to apologize. It's it's okay. But I I felt as though it was a bit of a a dump. And then afterwards I had a little cry, I'll be honest, (laughs) uh, in the car. I just, I just kind of sat there and it made me feel really emotional it made me reflect again on how unfair the whole situation is on how poorly handled it felt on the fact that he was someone that really could have contributed to society someone who already was contributing to society someone who after after his disappearance had friends, you know, look for him and, and really put in effort to try and find him and spread the word um, and the effect that it had on his mom and, and, his, and his little brother and the effect it had on my mom as well
0: these days, Yasin runs a bakery in Greenford that he set up with his mother, called Sito's. They open their doors roughly eight months after Svetlazar went missing. But not a day goes by where Yasin doesn't wish he was working side by side with his cousin like they planned.
2: That's one of the things that really bothers me when I think about it. <laughs> and I try not to think about it too much. But yeah, he would have definitely been... Um, he would have been there with us because when it when it first started it was just me my mom and my auntie we do have a few um more employees now uh helping us but it would have been me my mum, my auntie and and svetlo and um i do think you know he would be here at the front of the house with me as well kind of just you know living on this idea that we had and on this kind of goal that we had it's hard because it, it will never go away either. It's something that you know we haven't had a chance to properly put behind us. Not that you can ever really put someone behind you when they when they've departed or whatever we want to call it. But it's we haven't had any closure. I would say any piece of information is worth coming forward with. I highly doubt that that information will be uh, will bring any trouble to the person providing it. In a sense that you know you have nothing to lose by providing that information. If you ever feel as though um, you have any information, please just either try and contact the police, the 101, in terms of provide them with missing information, but ideally, try and reach out to us instead.
0: Are you a resident of Islington? Perhaps you were out walking the canals in Angel on October the 9th 2021. Take a look at Svetlazar's photo. Did you see anyone matching his description? Maybe you might know the individual who found his phone. If the answer to any of these questions is yes, please, please get in touch. Visit our website, themissingpodcast.org, where you'll find more information on this and every other case we featured in the series. On our site, you can join the conversation and help with the investigation. There's a dedicated forum, moderated carefully by Locate, where you can get updates on the case, share your theories and discuss the facts with real investigators from Locate International. The series is also made with the help of Missing People, a charity who offers support to the families of the missing. Their helpline is open to offer support and advice if you've been affected by anything in this episode. We can't say this enough. It takes just one person with the right information to solve any of the cases in this series. Yasin hopes that the information will soon arrive to solve this one, The Missing is a What's the Story original podcast series. It's presented by me, Pandora Sykes. This episode was produced by Carla Wright. The episode was written and edited by Jacko Kennedy. The executive producers for What's the Story Sounds are Daryl Brown and Sophie Ellis. This season, we're launching a new episode of The Missing every week. But if you don't want to wait, you can listen to them exclusively on What's the Story Crime. Just search for What's the Story Crime in Apple Podcasts or follow the link in our show notes to get access on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. All the information is also available on www.whatsthestorysounds.com forward slash crime.